0: Stay about I'm not pouting. Break through walls
1: and it mountains If you want it, scream it loud What's up superstars? Welcome to the Brain Tainment Podcast. Listen, if you're someone who wants to build more confidence within yourself, your ability to perform, to execute, to build skills, or to just feel better... Or if you're someone who wants to architect a new empowering identity, this is the platform for you. Listen, we have all kinds of guests on this program from the psychology space, neuroscience, sports, as well as cultural icons and influences where we get to pick apart their story and learn a bit more about them. So be sure to subscribe. I hope you get value from this show. If you do, if you do enjoy it, please, please, please do me a favor. Put on your socials, share it with friends and families who you think this message could help or they would enjoy and be sure to share the love and tag me on those platforms. We'd love to get some feedback. Without further ado, enjoy this episode. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Braintainment Podcast. Today is an absolute beauty. I say that pretty much all the time, but today I'm actually really, really excited to chat with this great man, Aaron Zimmerman, AZ, high-performance coach. Uh, we're just laughing off air uh, about unpacking what exactly that looks like, but I'm excited to dive into that. Uh, today and share it with the audience uh, az mates will cover all things performance or at least as much as we can get to anyway you know a lot of the work that i do on this show is really bringing people on to help the audience optimize their mind or optimize their body ultimately it's to help people feel fucking better in some capacity and i think you know you're a good mind to have on to help people do just that so thanks for coming on for a chat my man
0: thank you very much for having me and it's probably a very appropriate time in the world to be doing
1: something like this isn't it Mate, it really is a lot of people struggling with all kinds, you know, anxieties. The obvious one, fear, uncertainty. Routines are completely disrupted. So, you know, the modalities that we'll touch on today, I know from experience, and I'm sure people tuning in to some extent might have some awareness around the impact that can have, not just on our body, but then also, you know, on our mind and our mood and, and everything everything between. They're, they're quite linked, which I'm know, which I know you know, you're very passionate about as well. So I think just to set the scene for people mates and to give them an idea of what to expect from this chat, like I said, I want to help people feel better. I want to help them think better. I want to help them move better. I want to help them optimize their body and just, you know, create more energy in some capacity. So could you maybe give us an insight into, or maybe just a snapshot of the work that you do and then we'll unpack it
0: well, the beauty of what you do is everything, what kind of lights me up and what I'm I'm about. So I'm more than uh, happy to get on board
1: and help you in any way I can. So thanks for having me. Awesome, mate. So yeah, give me an idea of what some of the stuff that you do. I, I mentioned performance coach. What does that look like? Well, so
0: ultimately, uh, I cut my teeth for 10 years in pro sport as a, uh, a high performance coach. But um, I was just saying to Liam before, it's such an open-ended question what a high performance coach is, like what what how do you actually quantify what that role is what's the outcome what's the result and how do you measure all of those things because ultimately my job was to try and break the athletes that I was working with so predominantly NRL athletes or rugby union so I worked in the NRL for the last 7 years for the West Tigers and then the Cronulla Sharks before that so ultimately the coaches the head coach's kind of aim was how can we break these guys as much as we humanly can from a legal side of things, but without breaking them and making sure that they can show up week in and week out to play at their optimal level. So it's high performance in a sense, but for me, it's about, I was trying to optimize people's minds and bodies in a multitude of ways that was creating adaptations. So neurological and physiological to make them better at what their sport was, mm. and ultimately, since then, I actually finished up with my uh, contract at the end of 2019. I've got two young kids and a wife, so it's a very unstable uh, environment. Like I went seven years of working on one-year contracts, so it was uh, it's pretty unstable and uncertain when you've got that. And within my uh, the last club I was at, we had I was there for four or five years. I had three head coaches, one interim head coach, two high performance managers, and it was just so unstable. So I kind of have taken the massive bold leap to go out on my own and kind of taken all the skills that I've learned over the years to actually help. I think there's more scope for what um, really good coaches have with the general population and with the weekend warriors or people who are trying to better themselves than in the athletic population and the fully professional athletic population
1: anyway. Yeah, man, I'm glad you touched on that, actually. And that's something I wanted to really, I guess, dive into today with you. You know, we're talking earlier about um, the lay of the land at the moment all around the world, You know, particularly here in Australia at the moment, a lot of stress. And so, you know, when it comes to peak performance, I think it's easy for some people to just kind of almost disregard those conversations if they're not, you know, at 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 the highest levels of whether it's sports or athleticism, And, you know, some of the modalities we'll touch on and and approaches, it's easy to disregard that as, you know, it's not for me, it's for the absolute elite. But I think the best part for me anyway, what I love about the work that you do, and, you know, I'm starting to explore myself, um, is just the ways in which we can manage stress in our body. And so for the everyday punter who's tuning in, maybe they work out a little bit, maybe they don't work out much at all. Um, I wanted to talk about stress. And so I think that's something that everyone, you know, relate to um we had some conversations when I was up in Byron uh, about what that what that looked like and it's just super fascinating so from your mind mate in terms of your approach what I guess probably a good place to start is what kind of impact is stress having on the body and then how can people start to, I guess to mitigate some of those negative effects well the way I kind of look at stress I Ultimately, everyone is
0: going to be exposed to some some form of stress or resistance in their everyday life. If we are ever wanting to get ahead in our health uh, and training and weights and personal development and learning a new skill, learning a new language, uh, starting up a business, we have to go through a period of stress, uncertainty, uncertainty, resistance to get to what we want on the other side of that. We are in such a time in our lives where people are trying to actually um, distance themselves from stress, not actually want to expose themselves to um, uncomfortable situations. Mm. And because of that, we're actually detraining ourselves, from my point of view anyway, uh, in a multitude of ways, which is actually not giving us the skill sets to handle what is going on and what is inevitably going to happen in our lives. So... I was always I guess from my background like we exposed the guys to crazy amounts of volume whether, whether it was um, training in the gym, psychological uh, demands on the field, um, pre-season army camps. We threw everything under the sun that we could to try and make these guys mentally tougher and then also physically um, stronger and more adaptive to what was being going to be thrown at them throughout the season and that has always been my approach to my own health as well. Like um not one to shy away from exposing myself to difficult situations because i understand that, that the more my body is exposed to uh, specific stress stressful environments my stress response system will become more adaptive to deal with those over time and therefore i can actually make better decisions when i'm under stress like one of my mm. biggest quotes that i use is that when when emotion is high intelligence is low and for very um, like just, uh, like uh, understanding reasons, like when we are under the pump, our physiology our physiology will respond accordingly. And if we're in a place of um, flight or flight, how are we ever going to be able to make rational decisions when we're thinking we've got a, a tiger after us, or I'm going to be mugged when I'm walking down the street, or God, I'm thinking fears coming towards me every five seconds. Like how are
1: we supposed to make rational decisions when we're in that state? So, mate, I think what I, I like about that approach, and what you kind of unpacked there a bit, is looking at, a, at how you can attack the body almost, whether it's with athletes or or whoever, as a way to build mental resilience. You know, I think um, for a lot of us when we're stressed or we, we're finding ourselves mentally fragile in some way, it's easy just to go to to try and address the mind in and of itself. And listen, i got no beef with that. You know, we're laughing off there again about um, how much, you know, I love... The world of personal growth, and um, you know, I'm constantly reading, reading, constantly listening, and trying to upskill my mind. But that's only one part of the puzzle. I've found, particularly when it comes to stress. So, um, what are some ways? And you kind of mentioned, uh, alluded to it a little bit there. But what are some ways we can start to go about introducing our body to these stresses, such that we can kind of improve that stress response, so that you know, when the inevitable challenges of life come up. We're far more equipped to, to manage those. Well, I always try and everything I do, I try and reverse engineer the whole
0: process. I guess that's coming from my um, sports science background. I've tried to, I always try and find meaning and unpack things in a, a way that gives me a better framework to approach the problem from. So to give an example of oh, some context and that for me, I try and think about, so where is stress present? So obviously stress is formed within the brain. So, there's actually a little bit of a um, may cause a few issues. I know there's incredible difficult things that people go through, but I don't believe there's actually a stressful thing in our life. We, the meaning and attachment we attach to a specific event or a process is what Mm. is actually going to create the stress in our body in our physiology and then our response to that. Mm. So a hundred percent, there are people that have gone through some unbelievable shit in their life, but the meaning and the attachment and then the the downward spiral or the um, just the self-talk that we have around that um, specific event is what's going to cause our stressful response to it. So once we understand that I'm not um, discrediting or just um, saying that that did not happen. It's not. So obviously we have had stressful things in our life and we are stressed from it. But once we understand that we have the ability to actually reframe that and then in turn, reframe our body's response to it as hugely empowering.
1: Mm, man, No, I agree aggressively. I've spoken about a length in the show, you know, it's in the old adage of nothing's good or bad, it's our thinking that makes it so. And that's just a, yeah. that's just a reality of life. So um, I know firsthand the impact that stress can have, whether it's, you know, something as significant as past traumas or just the everyday grind and how much we can hold that in our body and that just leads to fatigue and it's interesting you know i work out pretty aggressively and i feel amazing when i do and i eat like um wildly disciplined you're nothing but like i only eat meat and veg uh, you got about the- eight meters eight meters of height to fill that's right <laughs> exactly mate a couple of steaks a day if you say um but the point i want to make is i do a lot of the right stuff yet still i can really fuck myself over with just whether it's overthinking or just a lot bit- of you don't even notice and that's probably the most sinister part how stress can build up which I know you've spoken about before so um, I know firsthand the impact that stress can have on our body and then just this fatigue that comes and affects all these other areas of our life you can't be you know you can't be as good of a, a business person entrepreneur or as good of a you know a partner or whatever it might be so what are some things that I could consider um, to do and admittedly if, it, if, it, if you're listening and this is kind of a new space for you, you're probably not going to you know, wake up tomorrow and introduce a five-hour routine every morning and do every modality under the sun. Um, but I know ice bars, cold, cold therapy is something I've explored, breath work something that I feel like I'm still quite a novice at, but I've seen tremendous results in other people and just looked into the science. It's really interesting. Um, let's maybe start with a couple of those and unpack them uh, in terms of best practices. So let's maybe look at breath work as a way to kind of mitigate that stress response. And I'm guessing people are listening right now going, yeah, fuck, I, I know that feeling of just being fatigued and, and, and like cognitively drained and my body just not performing to the extent it should. So what are some kind of basic best pra- best practices when it comes to breath work, um, uh, for people to consider?
0: Good question what i may first do is actually answer the previous question properly because we kind of got sidetracked yeah so, so. so because stress is presented or, ma- or created within the brain i start to think okay if 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 stress is manifested and in the brain what can i do then to my body to take myself out of my brain
1: mm.
0: so that's how i reverse engineer the process okay so what's my uh, modalities do i know or, or i can utilize? that is really body focused that really makes you stop thinking about what's going on in the world, which will then create that process of de-stressing. So a massive one. So I guess the main ones I do is movement. So all kinds of movement. So um, God, yoga, stretching, running, weights, swimming, um, speed work, anything that's going to create an expression of your body is going to take you out of your mind. So then I try and think, okay, so what else can we be doing? So in sport, we used to always get guys into ice tubs, not actually ice tubs, but in um, cold water. So anything between like eight to 12 degrees for a form of recovery. So I used to always do that. And I thought, okay, so if we're getting in the water, obviously it's cold as fuck. So we're going to be taking our mind away or our thoughts away from what's going on into our head and focusing on our body. Mm. So that's when I started to look uh, probably five to six years ago into cold water immersion for mental health and mental training. So I promise you, if you get into an environment that's really hot or really cold, I promise you, you will not think about what's going on in your life. Mm. And it is the most freeing experience you can ever get because there's not many times in our life that we are actually truly present in in our body and not mulling over what's going on in our life, what we need to fix. My wife's nagging me about this. We've got COVID jab coming up. We've got all these things that we could be focusing on. I promise you, if you get in an ice tub that's um got it's three degrees, you will not think about any of your problems. You I will just confirm. you will just focus on your body, and because of that, the your body's response after that experience is
1: euphoric. Mm. So it's long. So that's the part I fucking love. So it's not just that moment, whether it's you know thirty seconds, three minutes, five minutes exposure it's not just that moment of being present. There is like a a lingering effect I've found. I I do my cold showers every morning and yeah, there's that momentary like, Oh fuck, my mind is only on how fucking cold this experience is. But man, I feel physically, of course, but mentally sharp and better for sometimes hours after that short exposure. And that's the beauty of it. Like,
0: I promise you I've been doing it for a long time now but I still get in the ice tub I got in the other day actually with um, and did a 20 minute one just for my um, social media just to talk people through the process and it was probably one of the hardest ones I've ever done and I was mentally talking to myself oh, I can't do this I've got to get out like having the those thoughts still come up but actually push through it and come out on the other side and go through that incredibly tough time is unbelievably empowering mm. unbelievably and that's where I think um, there's a lot of scope for people to actually utilize certain modalities to actually empower them to know that they can cope with the most demanding environments and be fine after it. Yeah. That's where I get the most um, kind of lit up
1: helping people go through those kind of process. Well, yeah. I like that a lot. I talk a lot, you know, about like the narrative that we have and for the most part, whether it's behaviors or, thinking patterns, the way we carry ourselves, it's going to be governed to some extent by how we see ourselves, right? This, this idea of a self-narrative. And one easy tool, you know, that I've used in my own life to kind of shift that, I remember it was a period of time, you know, I've spoken on this platform about had a really nasty head injury six years ago, brain injury and my, my self-image, my self-narrative um, became extremely disempowering. And a large part of kind of building that up was, you know, not saying out loud, but then also doing things to support it, I'm the kind of person that does hard things, right? And you start to build this self respect and just an easy way of sort of introducing that and buying into it was in the morning. I have cold showers. The physiological benefits are excellent, you know. And then, but then also, hey, I'm the kind of person that starts my day like this. And then, like you alluded to, I, I, I Az, is uh, the like, once you've done something like that, it almost makes the challenges that come up throughout the day not as. Um, sinister, right? Not as challenging. One hundred percent. So, I initially, so uh, junior at
0: university, we kind of got exposed a little bit to cold water immersion for recovery, and I kind of just didn't really touch or explore it that much. Um, probably four or five years after it, but as I was getting into professional sport, I was working uh, part time and both in a, as a personal trainer and also in uh, Teamland. And I started to try and learn a lot about cultures, what what kind of drove really good cultures, and I came across the Brisbane Broncos CEO by the name of um, Paul White. So he was actually going through chemotherapy at the time; he had brain cancer, and he was a real influential figure in the club. Players loved him, so they decided to do a documentary on. I uh, just I think just followed him for a week and just um, just tried to get his mindset of how he's approaching what he's going through. And then also um, how he's showing up uh, in all of his daily tasks. And the one thing that's hit home with me from what he talked about, and I still think about it every day is that he said, if I wake up in the morning and I know I have to have the cold shower, as soon as I wake up, that is the hardest thing I honestly have to go through uh, throughout my whole day. And if I've done that, as soon as I've woken up, I've won the day. And Ever since then, it's kind of stuck in my brain. He's 100% right. Like doing something that you truly automatically say, I'm not doing that. i like, mm. there's no way I'm doing that. If you can actually override that autonomic response and actually say, fuck that, I'm actually going to do it. And you have experienced it. It's unbelievably empowering. Like nothing else will actually phase you during the day.
1: Mm. Is there some part of it as well? Because it's funny, like, um, you know, I looked at like I'm a scientist, geeky sort of guy. And I and I'm just mentioned my cold showers every morning, but sometimes when people quiz me on it, I, I, I don't know necessarily um, like how to explain why I do. I just know I feel better, right? So I reckon, yeah, some of these things we've touched on already are a big factors, but I reckon another part is also, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this, um, when you're in the midst of that experience and you are in a stress response, you know, um, and you, you're focusing on your breathing, you're trying not to panic in that moment, are you essentially training your nervous system, your body, your mind, whatever? Are you training yourself to remain calm in stressful situations? Is that sort of like a an ongoing effect as well? That's 100% what you're doing. So um, um, one of the guys, so I'm a mess of...
0: Massive kind of uh, explorer of different, different types of people who have worked in high-performing environments. So Jocko Winnick is one. So I really love his work on extreme, extreme ownership. And he talked mm. a lot about trying to remove yourself from a highly stressful in, um, situation and going external to then view yourself and how you would react in that situation. So I kind of explored that by saying like, if he's in a a life or death truly situation and he's talking about going out of self, then he's trying to take his mind out of the equation so he can kind of just work, let his body do what it's been trained to do. Mm, So then how I, so then how I approach that, say, from, um, from a highly stressful event, like uh, temperature. So Let's say if you were in, a, in an icy environment and you fell off a boat into the water, obviously, if you panic and your body's response and your brain's response is going to follow suit, you will get hypothermia and die. Obviously, because the, the chemical reaction, you're, um, you're burning so much energy just through that stress that you're going to get to a point where you're just going to probably just um, die with exhaustion and under cold. But that is because your brain is freaking the fuck out and therefore your body is reacting, thinking I'm going to die, and then everything just spirals out of control with that. Mm. But if you get into a situation when you're actually in a cold environment, say an ice tub, but you show none of those um, autonomic survival modes, your body actually starts to release specific hormones that's actually good for the body. So it's really counterintuitive. So Mm. your body's response in a stressful environment will either create a a positive effect or a negative effect. So I'm all about trying to give myself exposure to a multitude of environments that's going to create stress in the body where I would normally freak the fuck out and potentially Mm. want to quit, want to give up, and I teach myself to be calm in that environment. Therefore, I get the the mental um, positive attributes from doing that. Plus then my body releases the specific hormones, the chemicals associated to that experience as well.
1: Mm, huge. So does are there equal benefits or are they different benefits in terms of exposure to, to hot as well? Whether it's, you know, sauna or spa, whatever it might be. Or what does that look like? Yeah, so from chemical
0: and hormonal, obviously different temperatures will release different um, things within the body. So I, again, will just want to give myself as much exposures to different environments. So saunas are a massive thing for me. Like I'm a huge sauna fan and I like to do it um, in a multitude of ways. So individually, just on its own, I like to do it um, in a, like a contrast session with cold showers, a contrast session with a, an ice tub. And alternate between the two because then you're kind of getting a multitude of things you could be getting blood restriction and then blood flow creation from being in hot and cold so it can aid in like oxygenation of the body and the muscles so it's good for recovery a big thing like dr Rhonda patrick talks massively about heat shock proteins and the development of that and the ability to and that's done through the heat so you're more adapted uh, if your heat shock proteins are more adapted it makes you more adapted to stress Mm. so there's just there's a lot of research around those things which makes me buy into it a lot more but then i also see the um the positive impacts that it can have on your mental health as well so that's where i start to actually explore things a lot more i am massive kind of like a self-experimenter so i try and do things myself so then i can actually coach and talk to talk to people about it through actual my
1: experience yeah, definitely. Um, so a particular time again, at a time like right now, a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety, maybe just a really easy place to start. And it's not might not be the cure all, could just be hey, maybe just try your hot and colds in the shower. Yes, it, particularly if you're in Melbourne, which a lot of my audience is, uh, and it's cold. But man, fuck, it feels good to, to start the day with a cold shower. I do only cold, but maybe I mean, I imagine a good approach to start, if this is a new experience, might be. Just finish finish on cold or maybe just 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off and just see what that does over a period of time? Well, so it's like anything,
0: if you, you can go on social media and watch, say, Wim Hof and you just think, shit, this guys he makes it look easier. I can just go jump in an ice tub for an hour. But obviously, we've got to look at everything within specific context. But then how does that apply to you and your current state? Yeah. So if you're going from a place of absolutely nothing, you're highly stressed at the moment, you trying to um, go and do a, like a, a five minute cold shower straight away is going to just absolutely give you head noise. So we've got to be smart about how we expose yourself and then paradise your exposure over time. So what I always recommend is uh, for people who want to explore this and try and, and actually learn more about this, is you just go and have your normal cold shower, uh, your normal shower, sorry. And then at the end of it, you just give yourself um, a cold exposure, but don't do it for time. You do it for breath. Let your body response tell you how long you're in there for. So mm. what I mean by that is how about you just go in there for 10 breaths and you've got to be in there for a nice, calm 10 breaths before you can get out. Mm, I like that. And then over time, we expand on the breaths. We start to get you in tune with, okay, how's my body responding when I'm going from hot to cold? Am I getting that the gasp effect? Or am I calm? Am I tense? Am I, what's my internal dialogue before I get into it? Because that tells you a lot. The thing about the ice tub for me, just going on a tangent, is that, it tells me what my mental state is about myself and about my environment at that point. Mm. So when I get into it, I'm saying, shit, I can't do this. I'm freaking out. Uh, I don't believe in myself. Like all of those things will pop up when I'm maybe under a stressful time in my life or when I'm going through some challenging thing, say with my business startup. So for me, I push myself through that because I kind of relate it back to what I'm
1: going through in my life. That's huge. Wow. Yeah. I, I, do the same. And I hadn't actually kind of put it in those words until just now. So yeah, that's interesting. I love that.
0: Yeah, it's cool. So then let's say you've got up to about 10, about 20 to 30 breaths after your hot shower going into cold. How about you just explore once a day or once every two days, it's only cold. And then you do the same thing. You start with uh, a 10 second, like 10 breath cold shower then you build up to about a um do 10 go out for a little bit go back in because once you've had your initial exposure to fully cold Mm. then you get out and go back in it's actually nowhere near as
1: it's weird as this sounds it's not cold Mm. yeah awesome mate all right well, let's change lanes a little bit and just head back to to breath work so we touched on a little bit there in terms of it's how it relates to the hot and cold stuff um we explored some modality uh, some breathwork modality stuff when I was up in Byron with you, which was fun. Now I think breath is super fascinating because it can be used. I mean, obviously we breathe regardless, but if we have some awareness around our breath, we can actually start to do things right. We like we can um, we can become more alert and increase our focus. We can certainly calm our nervous system and feel more clarity and just certainly more, I guess more stable and secure. So it's just a powerful tool when we know how to wield our breath. What are your thoughts when it comes to, to breath work? And maybe yeah, just a couple of best practices for both calming ourselves, but then also um, how it might also contribute to performance in sports or athleticism. So when you hear people talk about breath, people think, well, I'm
0: breathing thousands of times a day. Like surely I know how to breathe. And yes yeah you're right from an autonomic um unconscious side of things you are understanding how to uh breathe but and you are breathing but the breath is hugely powerful in deregulating your system in a very fast manner so i really started to explore this probably a couple of years ago when like when when, when uh, Wim Hof came out, he was massively popular. People were thinking he was like the, the next big thing. But then the cynic and the scientist in me was thinking, shit, how is this actually real? Is it not? So then I started to do some research around the, I guess, the scientific efficacy of what he's been doing. And there's actually a really cool book called Can't Hurt Me from Scott Carney. And he's an investigative journalist who actually went to debunk Wim Hof and mm. actually just write everything that was wrong with him. And through his um, investigations, he actually found the contrary. He found a lot of um, Dutch universities were actually studying Wim, his process, what was going on in the body physiologically from the breath work, from the ice exposure. And then how is that actually now impacting our body's um, autonomic and our stress response system, which has been really cool. So that's been kind of my process. I originally started out thinking with breath work, uh, it must just be something that's just going on psychologically not actually physiologically, but it's actually um, the opposite. It's actually actually um, both things is actually getting a ton of work. So got to think too, when we're stressed, the principal place, obviously our chemistry in the brain, we're going to be probably in a heightened state, which means we could be under our adrenal glands could be um, just pumping out a lot of adrenaline or uh, neuroepinephrine, kind of the same things depending on which country you live in. And then say from like a blood chemistry point of view, when we're stressed, when we're in a heightened state chronically, so over a long period of time, our blood chemistry starts to change from being more alkaline to more acidic. Then even further, like from uh, some other body chemicals, um, when we are stressed, um, C-reactive protein is higher concentration in our blood. glucocorticoids are high, a higher concentration in our blood. And a lot of our chronic diseases can be um, from a lot of research that um, I've kind of just been looking into, can be attributed to these specific, I, I guess, the oversupply of these chemicals in our body. So, breath work actually deregulates all of these things, which is unbelievable. Mm. So whether it's because through specific breath work, we are working off uh, against our kind of fight or flight, which is our sympathetic system. And we're into a more parasympathetic, which which is our rest and our digest system. So when we're doing specific breath work, it's kind of controlled, it's circular in nations. It can be going um, between nasal breathing through mouth breathing. It can be um, hyperventilation hyperventilation in nature, which means we're changing um the concentration of oxygen and carbon dioxide in our blood which will then help to decrease the those um kind of the damaging things we just talked about that show up in our body so it's hugely powerful and there's so many ways that we can kind of utilize it and it can kind of jump in within like a 20 to to 30 second exposure and there's no excuse that we can't do it Mm. everyone can
1: do it so i suppose similar to what we touched on with the ice cold hot exposures it could be something to build up towards. So not looking at, you know, yourself or Wim Hof or whoever and going, fuck, I'm going to go sit outside for three hours and just hyperventilate. That's probably not the best start if you're new to, you know, exploring the, uh, the breathwork. So um, would that look perhaps um, like, you know, a couple of minutes in the morning or would it, I suppose it probably depends on what their goal is, right? Going back to what you mentioned about reverse engineering. Yeah,
0: we, let's say you're you're in an incredibly heightened state and you're feeling really stressed. Mm. So the way I would look at it is that you've got a couple of options that you can just pull out of the bag straight away to deregulate your system and kind of bring you out of that heightened fight or flight states and bring and state and bring the body back down to homeostasis, which is kind of the normal the normal state that we need to be in for kind of flow in everyday life. So. A really easy one for me is kind of box breathing. So box breathing is simply, we've got kind of four stages of the breath. We've got the inhale. We've got the period between the inhale and then the exhale. So then we've got the exhale and then we've got the period between the exhale and the inhale. So we can kind of picture that as a box. So let's say we want to do a four second box, uh, box breathe. So we can go four seconds on the inhale. We can then hold for four seconds. Exhale for four seconds hold for four seconds so that's essentially a box breath if you did say five to seven rounds of that it will deregulate your system massively Mm. really simple anyone can do it you can do it at work you can do it even when you're driving in the car just keep your eyes open don't want to no one closing their eyes trying to do this but that's a really simple way that will deregulate your system in minutes wow And then uh, cool, and a cool one I listened to the other week on uh, Tim Ferriss' podcast with Dr. Huberman. He actually talked about um, they've done some research on this.
1: I love f- Dr. Huberman, by the way. He's like, yes. so if, imagine. Anyway, I'm completely digressing here, but it's I really okay. want to. Ha- you so, can. It's, it's your podcast. Yeah, I can do whatever the fuck I want. So <laughs> me, me, when I was say 13, 14, my bedroom was just. Full of posters of Sarah Michelle Gellar, Jennifer Love Hewitt, maybe Brittany might have featured. Mate, I reckon. Not maybe, definitely. 100%. Yeah. And yeah, they're definitely still there as well. Nah, but now, if I could get my hands on it, I'd have a shrine of Dr. Huberman. I'm so fascinated with the work he does. Anyway, I'll let you continue. But if you for people tuning in, fucking go listen to him because he's incredible. Yeah. So his podcast
0: is called The Huberman Lab. He's a neuroscientist at Stanford Uni and he puts out amazing content. So they did some research around which is the, the the fastest breath you can do to deregulate your system. And they found that, um, I'll just call it like the, the Huberman double pump because he didn't really give it a name. So essentially what he did, um, what they found is that if you do a massive gulp, so inhale to that furthest point, and then you take another inhale and you kind of fill up the lungs and then you breathe that out fast. So it's like a... If you did that five to six to seven times, they found that that gave, was the fastest way to deregulate your system. So it's a way of um, engaging and lifting the diaphragm and then squeezing that back down your rib cage. And they found that just the process of that did wonders for deregulating the system.
1: Yeah, I've experimented with that and I find that quite useful. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, and simple. Again, you can do it at home. You can do it when you're at work.
1: You can do it yeah anywhere. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love this chat because what we're talking about for the most part doesn't require anything except your body, right? Like it's not, you don't have to have any crazy gadgets. You don't have to have, um, you know, access. You don't have to spend hours reading one book. Like it's simple stuff that can be practiced on a daily basis. That can have dramatic, uh, dramatic effects. Right. Well,
0: it's ultimately what i'm doing my goal now is to empower people to realize that they actually have the ability to make their lives so much more joyful and kind of less stressed once they are actually educated and have been given
1: the tools to do it yeah yeah that's awesome i for me personally and i reckon and everyone's going to be different often when i find myself stressed in my body which is very often conversation for another time past (laughs) traumas and (laughs) um But for me, it's interesting because I'm very logically driven. Like, I feel like my cognitive capacity is always on overdrive. I'm always like, you know, and I'm aware of whether it's like 101 different sort of quotes or references or or snippets of science, which is really useful. But before I, I, I've tried to train myself before my mind goes there to make myself feel better, you know, to kind of lean into that self-narrative or the identity, some of the stuff that's a little bit more abstract. Uh, But superpower. Before I go there, I I want to do something with my body at first, almost set myself up to allow the thoughts that then are directed to actually have a positive impact. If that makes sense, and you know the example I like to give people is if you're you know wildly stressed, anxious, frustrated, angry, and then you go pick up a book and try to change your life from ten pages of a book, even though the content subject matter of what you're reading there is wildly beneficial and useful. it it just might not land if you're physiologically not in a state to kind of absorb that. Right. So attacking the body first, even if it's just a little bit to set yourself up is kind of my one, two combo, which is perfect. Like I kind of look at it as well. So
0: we can do every course under the sun, every personal development video, YouTube, we can get, I can give you my probably best training program I've ever created just in written form. We're not going to get anywhere in our life unless we action, create action, and actually move towards what we're trying to do and actually experience the resistance of trying to do that. So, once we understand that I'm not going to get any better if you push me, I'm only going to get better if I push myself. Once you understand that if you're in control of your driver's seat and your destiny, you just have to have the balls to go out and experience it, then you'll be have experienced true freedom on the
1: other side of that. Mm. But I love that. I think it's a great place to to wrap things up. We touched on some really tangible stuff for people to start exploring. And of course, uh, for anyone that wants to learn more, I encourage you aggressively to to connect with this great man on socials. Um, I know he does some programs. And like I said, we only touched on a snippet of the science stuff. So if you like to geek out like I do and want to learn more, I'm sure I'd be happy to to connect with you. So um, AZ, mate, how do we find you? Are you in the interweb somewhere? I am indeed. So
0: my uh, social media handle on Instagram is a to Z uh, a to Z strength. So just a, and then the number two Z strength. Uh, if anyone wants to get in contact with me, send me a, um, a message on that, or just send me a message, a email on Aaron at a to Z but I'm more than uh, happy to help anyone else with their journey. If they've got questions like this is kind of what I'm going to be doing full-time now. So um, I'm more than keen to explore what people are wanting to do, where they're kind of limited and kind of what they want to explore. Most
1: importantly. Love it, brother. It's pretty evident, you know, your stuff. And that's really important when it comes to experimenting, exploring new ideas, I think is to, is to have a trusted advisor. And um, you know, I, I think you're doing wonders in the work that you're doing, mate. So appreciate you coming at the time to connect with, us this morning and i look forward to maybe a part two mate we'll go a bit deeper again not a problem loved it thank you very much and that wraps up another episode thank you so much for tuning in really appreciate the support you guys are showing to this platform if you got some value from this episode if you enjoyed it please do share it on your socials with friends and family really helps grow the channel uh, and the mission and everything we're trying to do here with brain tainment so spread the love. I would be forever grateful. And of course, if you've got some real insights from this episode, hit me up, find me on social, shoot me a message. I'd love to engage and have a chat with you guys. So that's it for now until the next episode. Thanks again.